I'm Kareem. And I'm Kim. And together we have over 30 plus years in the fields of mental health, neurowellness, and peak performance coaching. We're here to give you the tools and principles to help you unlock deeper levels of energy, focus, and spirituality so that you can live with more purpose, passion, and intention. Creating lasting success from the inside out to grow, to serve, and impact the world. Welcome to the Unlock Your Neuro Renegade podcast. Welcome to the first inaugural episode of Unlock Your Neuro Renegade. I'm Kareem Prince, and this is my wife. Kim, that's me. <laughs> Kim, that's me. Uh, my wife is an amazing woman. I am so grateful to be married to you. Uh, we both have five amazing children with another one on the way. All girls, we are family people. And uh, I've been in the peak performance realm for many, many years. I've consulted in life coaching, worked with companies. My wife is an amazing woman who can speak for herself and <laughs> tell us about you a little bit, Miss Kimberly Prince. I have spent the better portion of my adult life in clinical settings doing neuro rehab um, from everything under the sun, from children, babies, developmental delays, all the way through Parkinson's and stroke rehab with professional athletes and everything in between, um, really leaning into the neuroscience component and the use of movement and your body to create change in your brain. So that is what has led me to this juncture is a couple decades at this point of being in the trenches working hands-on with clients who have some really debilitating neurological components, things going on with their brain and their body. Mm -hmm. Well, we obviously want to address First things first, what is a neuro-renegade? When we say unlike your neuro-renegade, what does that even mean? I think more than anything, it speaks to the fact that for decades, when we talk about your mental health or your overall well-being, we as a society, as a world, kind of approach it in this very compartmentalized way of addressing symptoms and let's manage these symptoms in my body. Let's manage these symptoms with my emotions and let's manage these symptoms. And the reality is it's all a connected system and we have to be willing to go against the grain and kind of cut a new path that really gets back to the foundation and the root of how it all works together um, and kind of step outside of the system as the machine <laughs> as it is and be willing to, to take a stand and do something different to really unlock the potential of what is already in existence inside of us because we have all of the tools that we need but we stay blocked off and separated from really taking the reins of utilizing that in our life so i think to me that is really what the crux of this is is going against the grain carving a new path and be willing to think differently do differently shift mm -hmm. that perspective and uh, take the reins of what you already got inside live a better life Absolutely. You know, we have been working with a myriad of different um, client bases and, and, and populations and a lot of the clients that we've been working with most recently have been teachers. Um, I myself am a product of a teacher. My, uh, my dad uh, has been a professor for many years. He worked at a college level, the elementary level, vice president, um, I mean vice principal and principal. Um, and even um, is now, uh, as a retire, retired professional teacher, now he works in a STEM 
specific uh, program for kids. So I've always been around education. I've always had a heart for educators and teachers. And uh, we've seen a lot of challenges with teachers and most recently dealing with COVID, dealing with the ramifications of the pandemic coming from that isolation, from that you know, virtual experience mm -hmm. and now coming back into the classroom and teachers are getting the brunt of that. You know, a lot sure. of responsibilities being placed on them, dealing with behavioral issues, uh, cognitive issues, emotional issues, and how are they gonna navigate those waters? I mean, they weren't necessarily trained for that and yet they've been placed in a situation where they're given multiple hats and all they wanted to do was teach and educate the next generation. And now, due to them with burnout, there's massive exodus of teachers away from the profession, leaving the ones remaining overwhelmed. And we really wanted to address one of the biggest problems coming into this new year has been connection and engagement with the students. How are they connecting? Kids are hopping on phones and just checking out in the classroom. What are they gonna do about it? And we wanna be able to provide some answers, some levels of understanding, and ultimately some solutions to bridge that gap and create that connection. So, Absolutely. I think one of the kind of resounding messages we've been hearing over and over from teachers who are in the classroom and educators who are at the administrative level is this universal, almost uh, social emotional delay that yeah the blanketed student body is dealing with, and even between coworkers as well. And just that idea of how can I get back control of a classroom that is checked out on me? How can I actually enjoy my workday and share? I mean, we're such emotional, social creatures as human beings that that, that connection and that community is such a vital part of our well-being if that very piece is missing from your environment it leaves a big question of like the the feelings of is this even for me like am i even cut out right. to be here maybe i'm in the wrong profession maybe i need to switch maybe i need to you know reconsider my entire career path right um because it it's felt that that deeply and yeah. that strongly um because you just buried in the stress of the to-do list and the task list and you don't have that shared community aspect that brings the neurological component of well-being, the chemical component of feel-good chemistry that comes from connection and social interaction. So it just leaves really big holes. It seems like, okay, whatever, they, they're not engaged, but it's not a big deal. Just teach the curriculum. We need the test passed kind of thing. Just get through it, check the boxes. But that is a really, really miserable way to live. And the fact is, if you're not engaged, if you're not actually mentally present, if you're just physically present, you're not learning anything. You don't get things to stick. The tests aren't gonna get passed. So we can pretend like there's that line and there's that disconnect between the mental, emotional, and the to-do list of the learning, but it's not. It is a, a deeply inter intertwined aspect of, of how we work, of how we function. So it's a really, really big problem. And if it continues to go this route, you're going to find, we're going to see even more teachers jump and ship. We're going to see schools that don't have sufficient workforce to even keep the doors open. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then on the flip side, we're going to see students who really do fall through the cracks, who are not prepared to be functioning humans, adults in this world, and then, you know, take the waterfall, the cascade of social 
ramifications from there of a new generation of people entering adulthood that are not equipped to be there. And we've got some really big societal problems on our hand if we don't address it now. Absolutely. And I want to just, you know, I think we both want to just talk to all teachers out there. You know, like I said, I, we both got a soft spot for teachers. I mean, you, you're talking about one of your favorite teachers, yes. uh, Mr. Seth. Seth. Coach yes. James. Coach yes. James was not only a teacher, uh, but also just a just a mentor. And uh, we're going back uh, to Illinois, your hometown, and, uh, yes. you know, was there and, and, and talked to one of his, his classes. And um, just a, such an inspirational person who cares about the students, goes above and beyond. And we're not talking about just school hours here. Prior to school hours, after school hours, weekends, the man is invested in his students on a very personal and real level. And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there who have that same kind of zeal and same kind of fat passion and fervor for the craft and the art and the profession itself. You know, I'd read a poem by a teacher and it said that my career may be as a teacher, but my profession is humanity. Mm. And that was really powerful because it speaks to when you, you know, stepped out of college or whatever your process was and you wanted to be a teacher, there was a desire to really connect mm -hmm. and not only teach the curriculum, but to be able to teach them about life and to be able to inspire the next generation to be better, to feel better, to live better. And now we're seeing that passion starting to wane on certain teachers and the challenges have become almost insurmountable in certain ways. And the biggest mistake I think we've seen is you as teachers are given the syllabus, if you will, on how to connect, right? Given the, the, the rapport building playbook for student teacher relationships, right? And you're doing all the things, right? You're hanging out in the hallways, you're chatting them up, you're asking the right questions, you're going to the rallies, you know, you're leading up the clubs, you're doing all the things, but the things aren't creating the relationship. And Definitely, it's not you know something that's your fault at all. I mean, obviously, we, we get it. That's what they've presented to you as a resource. So if that's the case, then what are you going to do and how are you going to overcome those challenges? Are those external hacks and tricks and techniques going to get to the heart of the matter of you connecting with those students? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the question that we're posed on a day-to-day -day basis is when you're going through all of the motions and you're doing all of the things that are laid out and you know you know you've got the best curriculum I mean you went online you went to teachers pay teachers and you downloaded this guaranteed to engage your classroom curriculum and you know it's not a material issue we know we have plenty of activities there's plenty of opportunities for collaboration I've put in the time and you've still lost the classroom then you're like, I've exhausted every bit of energy I have. Right. <laughs> I've put everything, my mental energy, my physical energy, my time, my resources, everything is on the table here. And it's still not getting the job done. And we're right back in that circle of maybe, maybe this is just isn't for me. And then the guilt and the shame and the everything else starts to, to seep in. So that's kind of where we want to, to launch this off. Like if you're at that, crossroads of sorts of I've done it all I've got nothing left in the tank to do more why is this not hitting like where am I missing it at because if it was that simple you know I'm sure all of you have been there where you did you had a lesson a curriculum that was spot on you had the classroom on it they were engaged they were with you they were the kids were 
interacting with each other. And it was really, really a successful learning moment. And then you fast forward a calendar year, you have a new group of students, you're like, I'm gonna hit this one out the park, I've already done this, I know this one works. And then you present the same information with all the same enthusiasm and all the same vigor and energy, and then it falls flat. And you see the kids checking out and you see them. The phones start scrolling and all of the stuff that I can't even fathom you guys have Mm. to deal with on a day to day. And you're like, now, I mean, at that point in time, what do you do besides throw your hands up, right? Right. Like that's the knee jerk reaction because you've done everything Mm. that anyone's told you is a possibility before, right? And I think that's where we come to this same renegade concept. We're at those crossroads of continue to do more of the same to what end right or stop and go maybe there's something different mm-hmm. maybe it is that time to go a little rogue to be a little renegade and consider a different perspective exactly you know we were uh talking to uh, a client of ours and a friend uh christine who uh has been a part of the public school district here in california and southern california agora hills specifically and uh, the challenges that she's had to face coming into a new year addressing mandates are we wearing a mask not wearing a mask um you know thrust upon her all these kind of responsibilities and she's in a classroom being able to connect at one moment but now stepping in going hey i'm tired of feeling a, a nag to my students and the question is if we continue to believe that hey, all I need is a couple of strategies and a couple of hacks, then where's that gonna leave you? If there's no true connection there and the the tactics that they've given you as resources, again, it's not your fault, but if that's all they've given you and those things aren't working, what is that gonna mean for you? What is that gonna mean for your confidence as a teacher, all that sweat equity and time that you put in to learning who and what you are in this profession to these students and a responsibility that is on your shoulders, what is it gonna mean for you to not be able to connect with them? What is that gonna mean for you in terms of your own personal sense of purpose and your own well-being being sort of thrusted under the rug and you having to cope and juggle personally and professionally and you just don't have it in you? And you're dealing with these things and now they're telling you, hey, you've got to get this curriculum out. You've got to get it understood. You've got to connect and you've got to build these relationships. And sometimes you're dealing with struggling parents that are being distressed and they are distressful to you because of the, <laughs> the dynamics. And they're coming to you with their challenges that they're bringing from home personally, taking it to you professionally. There's a lot to deal with. So the question is, are you going to continue down this same path? Or is there another way? There's that crossroads we're talking about. And we want to give you another option, another way to invite a different perspective on how you approach this connection with the students. And the reality is the solution, the beginning of the solution is recognizing that it starts with you. From within, right? It is that internal piece and we talk about it a lot just with this entire idea of neuro wellness at the foundation we talk about it a lot in terms of if you have an abscess you have your your tooth abscess not long ago that we got to deal with that was painful (laughs) so painful nightmarish right and i mean like face swollen can't move can't lay this side because then the pressure drains can't lay that side because then it's actually being touched and all and got to the right doctor got the prescription for um you know amoxicillin 
Yes. Yes. Well, let me just say, let me just put it like this. See, the idea of trying to take a strategy and think that's going to fix the problem, right, is the same thing as thinking Advil is actually healing or curing your toothache. It ain't curing nothing. Does the moxicillin, does the Advil, does it feel good? Oh, yes. As soon as I took it, I felt immediately, within minutes, I felt great. I felt amazing. I could actually put pressure on that side, maybe eat a little bit. Did it heal my toothache, though? Did it deal with the abscess? Did it actually cure it and cure it? No, it gave me the state, the experience of being well and healed. But in fact, I was still hurting underneath. It was still swollen. The problem still existed. So the issue here is if these strategies aren't working, it's because it's not really dealing with the underlying issue. It's just a band-aid to mask it. So the question is, how do we deal with the real problem? The real problem means we have to get to the root, the foundation of that. And the root of this problem of disconnection is often your own internal connection with yourself. Are you actually able to be present and engaged and aware of so much of life that happens in an unspoken fashion, right? Like so much of communication is not with words. And when you're in this place, we're talking about you're burnt out, you're stressed out, you're snappy, you're overwhelmed, you're at the end of <laughs> of the bandwidth and threshold right. that you've been dealt. Um, your body literally, like again, it's not your fault. This is literally a protective mechanism that is built into your own internal system to start to block out things to try to bring some calm and safety and peace <laughs> internally again. So the idea of being in that overwhelmed place such that your own nervous system and brain has said, nope, we are done letting anything else in because we need to batten down the hatches and protect ourselves. And then you walk into a classroom with everything that's happening, all the things you need to pay attention to, it's not gonna happen, right? right? Like as long as you're in that place, it's, it is, physiologically impossible for you to allow input in, for you to be mentally and emotionally present and vulnerable and available and have that nuanced ability to recognize where somebody else is at. Where are you emotionally? Where are you in this moment? And that's really where the base of all of this starts because you can do whatever you can teach whatever lesson plan but if you are not seeing where your students are at if you have no idea where you are at yeah you're walking in that classroom bringing your whole load of crap with you which we all do all the time mm-hmm. um and then trying to slap this one-size-fits-all strategy on top of teaching which it doesn't work in any realm of our right. life right um, and i think the reality is i wanted to stop you there because I mean you guys can probably hear our kids in the background like we got five of them so you know to to, to expect five kids to stay quiet under the, on the age outside of seven. under the age of seven from seven to yeah, one and a half right so we got we got little kids out there so but the reality is we got to still adapt we have to still continue to be able to perform at the higher levels to be able to execute this is our job this is what we do we want to help we want to serve we want to be able to present to you the best 
information so give you to give you the options that you need to increase your level of awareness to give you the tools to give you the energy the threshold the focus to be able to go and be effective in your life right in order for us to do that we have to be adaptable and malleable but we have to internally be what integrated and aligned such that we can do that and if you don't have access to that energy if you don't have access to that focus if you don't have access to that threshold who can you truly be? Can you live at the highest version of yourself? And that's the question here. Can you do that with the existing tools that you have? And the question is, if not, what can you do now and how can we help you get to that place where you have the proper tools and skill sets to be able to effectuate change and be that impactful, be that educator that's at that highest level, giving the best of yourself to your students? Right, and that really comes down to what is the lowest common denominator of where the foundation lies to all of your interactions, right? Like if you go back to that foundational building block and you improve there, everything above it is more solid, right? But if that foundation is left untouched and you're just trying to replace the blocks of the tower above that, you don't get that improvement. So. To come all the way back down to there, we got to go. What it, what is that lowest common denominator? What right. is involved in every interaction that you have in life? Question, answer, <laughs> Jeopardy question. Do 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 do. What is your nervous system? Ah. And think about that. Like the last interaction you had, you went to a coffee with a friend. What did you? see what did you smell what did you hear what did you taste what did you touch like that is how you get your information about your world making eye contact seeing body language seeing the way somebody is postured am i here is your friend here today that's going to tell you something very different than if you walk in and they're here you know I mean? all of those unspoken things require your senses that connect to the nerve endings that send the messages up through your spinal cord, through your brainstem, through your midbrain, hopefully get into your cortex so you can process and go, oh, this is the appropriate response, and send reverse <laughs> that message back out so you can be in control and intentional about the interactions that you have. When you don't, when you're in that survival overwhelm state, that information may come in, but it doesn't ever make it to that let's come up with an appropriate response part, it gets reacted to at that midbrain level. And when that happens, you become this survival state, this reactionary person who seems oblivious to the things that are happening around you. It seemed like they have a blinders on, like, I don't know what's up with them. They didn't really, couldn't really connect with them today. Like, and so many of us walk around in that state, especially when you're under the load of expectations right. and responsibilities that educators just are right now so if you can't come to that foundational level of addressing your nervous system's feeling of safety it's not going to be willing to work for you and you're going to be continually stuck in this cycle and there's many things out there that people suggest and that are the common tools right i mean i think one of the biggest tools we see people use a lot is fitness yes right? exercise me as a 
personal trainer for many years, peak performance coach, dealing with group training. I mean, you know, we, we hear that all the time. Exercise, intense exercise, HIIT training, interval training. I want to get out there, get after it. We were even talking to a, a private school educator most recently, and she said the best way for me to literally disconnect and just shut off my brain for five minutes is to take an intensive class. Now, yes, it's fun. Yes, it's great. Yes, you get the endorphins. Yes, you get the energy. Yes, you get the collective environment of people who are doing the same thing as you are. And yes, it's an opportunity, which I love what she said was, it's a moment that I have to myself what I don't have someone asking me for anything. And that's awesome. That's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We no, all need to have a little time. You know, we both got five kids between us. So, hey, five kids? Yo, we need time to just connect, <laughs> get away. I mean, they're screaming in the background right now. Sometimes I don't want to hear a single sound. So I understand very clearly what she meant by that. And it doesn't mean we you, you take that off the table. But the question is, if that becomes the only way that you can de-stress, mm -hmm. if that becomes the only way for you to connect at home, personally, with warmth, love, and kindness by the time you get home. Because this same person said, if I don't have that, uh, I'm no good. Like, I can't, I, can't, I can't even deal. I can't even manage. I am the most itchiest, <laughs> minus a letter, person on the planet, and that's where I'm at. So the question is, if it becomes a way where you need that fitness fix, right, mm -hmm. for you to be able to calm yourself, then is that the most ideal way to deal with your stress and overwhelm such that you are actually creating true mental health and self-care for yourself? Right, and I was gonna say, I think that is the, the question that I would take it just that little bit farther with is, is the feeling you're getting from that a, an accurate assessment of your actual internal state of right. well-being? Because, I mean, like you said, the, the flip side of that I have to work out is, and if I don't, don't talk to me. <laughs> you don't want to interact with me because I'm not going to be a kind person if I don't have that. But then every day, that's the same recipe, right? We get that workout. We go through our day. We make it. But that next day, the alarm goes off. If I don't have my workout, don't talk to me through the day. So did anything improve? Or did that endorphin hit for that moment after that exertion of exercise give you the feeling right. of calm, of peace, but not actually create any change of the, the wiring, the wiring harness, if you will, is right. still prone to, is still flipped in that direction of overload. And one step on top of that is we've got to even look at it as something that is that intense and that much stress on the body. If you're already running, we've got, we've got this much energy, right? We've right. got this fixed amount. We've got a liter <laughs> of mm -hmm. energy here and we've used it all up. And then we push ourselves to use a liter and a half to get this workout done. Did we put anything into our system? Did we infuse anything to restore right. it? Or did we just drain it further? And maybe once those endorphins wear off, we actually put ourselves further in the hole. Right. We are now running negative mm -hmm. in our tank, which means we gotta go that much harder, right? right? And then we create this addiction cycle where it takes more 
I got to have more of those endorphins, more of that hit to get back to that same feeling of okayness. Not even a feeling of, I feel great. Just a feeling of, okay, I'm okay. I can handle this. And more and more. At some point in time, the dam breaks. (laughs) The system fails eventually. You can't run at a deficit. Just like our economy and our budget can't run at a deficit forever before something's got to give, something collapses. Mm -hmm. And that often, that collapse happens with our loved ones first, right? right? That is the area where we feel the safest, therefore we have to put on the the least amount of facade. Yeah. Um, And it's often in that, there's kind of three tiers, right? We have physical places the system will blow, migraines, digestive issues, sleep disorders, all of those kind of physical ailments, neck pain, back pain, tight hips. We have the emotional components, right? Where we have the mood disorders, we have the anxiety, we have the depression, it, the system blows in those areas. Or we have the third level that is that cognitive piece, like my memory, this brain fog. I can't keep things straight. Things are falling through the crack. I just, I'm overwhelmed with the tasks and the to-do list. But inevitably, again, the normal system that we operate in says these are all separate things. So let's do this for this. Let's take this medication to manage the emotions. Let's put this calendar together to manage your to-do lists and your memory Mm -hmm. issues. There's tricks and hacks and strategies there. And then, you know, you can see a chiropractor for your adjustment and you can get physical therapy to stretch those muscles. And now, again, we've just put more work on our plate. Right. We got a liter of energy and we just put 15 new things on our to-do list to manage the problems of this overloaded system blowing mm-hmm. with more work. And we're just more in deficit, more in deficit, more in deficit until we just feel freaking hopeless. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing all the things. I've tried right. every solution. I guess this is just what life is. And right. I, that I think is the saddest thing that we've encountered over the years is that so many people think this is just what life has to be. Yeah, like, this mean, is the as good as it gets. Is this? Yes, and if that's you, if you're thinking that way, if you're thinking this is as good as it, get, as it gets for me, you know, maybe I need to go to another profession. You know, you as a teacher are so respo- you're responsible for so much, but we depend on you. I depend on you. For sure. You know, I mean, we're homeschooling our kids right now, and the the level of awareness, the level of mental health that that teacher and that group of teachers have is going to have a direct relationship and direct influence on my our children's experience of what it is to be taught even the process of being taught and the receptivity and the relationship they have to have virtually is important to us so you as teachers are very important to us and integral to the foundation of society you truly do are are, are impactful towards changing and transforming lives and are one of the most foundational pieces into the acceleration and the achievement and the performance and the excellence of the next generation. So our hat is off to you personally and professionally for what you do. And we want you to be at the best level of optimal performance and access, but it starts with you taking care of you right that compassion fatigue even kicks in you know you don't even have compassion for yourself because you're so hard on yourself you may be thinking i I just don't have it this year i just don't have it this week 
you know, how am I gonna get this done when I'm at home with my kids and I'm just shutting off and I'm just closing the door and I've just shoved an iPad or telling them they can watch TV for another two hours because I can't even deal right now and I gotta hurry up and get dinner together and try to be mom and try to be wife and try to be husband or whatever the roles are and it just so much to juggle. And what we wanna do is give you some other ways to look at it and then some solutions that can help you starting with really understanding in the most simplest way why you get stressed in the first place what is happening internally you may feel emotionally yes it looks like this to me it looks like i cannot deal i'm snappy with my kids i'm snappy with my spouse i'm snappy with my partner um, i can't focus on getting the homework assignments done um, like she was talking about brain fog my body is physiologically just having some issues and i'm dealing with autoimmune i mean all of those elements come into play but what's happening because we're talking about being a neurorenic neurologically what's happening with your brain and we want to talk just a little bit about that with a principle called Terra yes the Terra principle is just for you to have your own understanding of what your nervous system and brain need to feel safe and be receptive to input right connecting and information in your world being allowed to come in and the first letter of Tara the T stands for tribe and that is really talking about that need like we started this that need for connection right mm -hmm. that need for belongingness if you will if that's a word belongingness we're going with that <laughs> we're gonna roll with it yes um, and that is so much of what is missing and I think a huge contributor to why we are in this current state of affairs um, is that that isolation component that we've all been dealing with so I think that T of the Terra principle is really the most powerful place to to start and really understand how you can create more of that such that your nervous system gets that aspect that need if you will met to be able to continue to build off of that foundational piece. Exactly. I mean, we as human beings, is something called uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And one of those is belonging and connection. You know, our company is called COIN for a reason. There's a word called koinonia, which means communion, fellowship, connection. And I think a lot of that was severed. A lot of that was broken. A lot of that was deteriorated through dealing with COVID, dealing with this pandemic, all of this isolation, where we come back together and we feel awkward just to be able to communicate with each other. And virtual ain't enough, baby. You know, social media is not gonna do it. Social media is not, you know, the, the, your followers aren't your followers and your Facebook friends aren't your friends until you're actually dealing with in-person connections. Right. That's when true connection is formed. And I think at that very personal and human level, we've lost touch with that. And there's been a huge disconnect in our society globally where we're dealing with the challenge of just being able to deal with each other on a communication level, on a personal level, an emotional level, dealing with conflict resolution, dealing with the 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 inability at this moment to have the tools especially the young people that you teachers are dealing with the, lacking the skills the social skills simply just to deal with communicating the vulnerability and the challenges that they have to another student to be open and accessible and uh, i think it could be summed up when you talk about the word connection 
uh, one very, very well-known person in the realm of self-development and wellness, psychology, sociology is Brene Brown. Um, and she defined a connection. She said, it's the energy that is created between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. When they can give and receive without judgment. And when they, de when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Deriving sustenance and strength. There is a give and a take. There is a level of vulnerability that has to occur. And how can you do that? when your brain is at an overloaded state, when there's so much coming in, so much input, information, stimulus happening, where you cannot even access vulnerability and compassion, let alone connect with your students. Yeah, and I think systematically we're set up so much for, like you said, communication now to be transactional because the expectations are so seemingly unrealistic, right? There's so much to do. We are on this, productivity rat race and your value is in how much you got done today kind of approach and when communication and when relationship is approached from that transactional place this idea of the terror principle and tribe specifically is out the window because you don't even take the time and the moment to pause your brain is already on the next and the next and the next and the next right. and you miss the right now yes and I think that's one of the biggest first steps you can take is mentally going I know this laundry list of things needs to get done it's never gonna go away because the moment one thing goes off the next thing comes on so making yourself okay with the idea that the to-do list is here on, you know, set it to the side, understand that it's ever-present and always needs attention. But before I go there, let me take a moment. Before the kids come in the classroom, let me take a moment to check in with myself. And let me go, okay, where am I at today? I'm a little overwhelmed, I'm a little stressed out, I know I got this parent meeting and that. Okay, what kind of day do I want to have with these kids today? You want it to be anxiety-ridden and pressure-filled and the clock is running and the time is on? Or do you want it to be a safe place for them to fall, for them to land right. <laughs> and and be able to be vulnerable themselves? So you being able to, you know, take those couple of big breaths and go, okay, I'm setting my crap down, my own personal crap, and I'm gonna create the space. Five minutes for a check-in this morning. Checked in with myself, what's important to me is creating a, a, a landing point for these kids after a long weekend. I want them to land here and set the tone for their week well. So we're gonna have a check-in. And then allow the space for that to happen. Allow the time when a kid goes, I do wanna share something. Sit in that and allow, stretch the silence and the time and be okay with stepping out of the productivity wheel and into the just silence a little bit, right? The enough quiet to go, what's gonna come up in this moment that allows that vulnerability and that real meaningful sharing and connection that just does not have space if we are always going and going and going and going and the next and the next and the next and the thing that has to happen, there's no space for that. Mm -hmm. And we, I mean, we as parents, literally like we have to do this on a daily basis. Absolutely. Like you said, we're homeschooling to our oldest, to our school age. So 
homeschooling two, running two different curriculums, trying to run a business and work. And the other three need actual love and attention and care. And How about that? Everybody needs to eat and clothes need washed. And right. you know what I mean? there's always stuff. And it is so easy to feet hit the ground and we're just running down the to-do list. And then be like, why has this day sucked so bad? <laughs> like, why is everybody so itchy and angsty? And, and go, oh, they didn't. They didn't get any time to just go okay i'm safe i'm loved it's good nothing is dangerous my nervous system isn't going oh mom and dad are frantic i guess i'm frantic too Mm -hmm. you know so just that very simple step of going let me take a breath and check in with me so that i can approach this next thing i'm about to step into and open the space for real connection and sense of belonging and interaction that is more than just transactional I think is a, a great first place to to start and the beginning of the week the beginning of a day any starting point is really a yes. great place to set the tone for everything that comes after that exactly and again we're coming from that neurological point of view so you talk about what does it mean to just take a minute and take a breath it's more than just meditation or mindfulness or breathing techniques. It's really about, like we talked about, that parasympathetic and that sympathetic. A parasympathetic is that rest and digest, relax, and it tells your brain it's okay, that you can take a minute. You can gain more by doing less. And when you do that, from a neurological point of view, then again, that's our foundation of where we're coming from. That's the perspective we wanna to give to you as a tool. When you take that moment, take that five minutes that allows you internally to be able to calm yourself, have that communication internally that says, hey, everything's okay. Like the brain is saying, I'm safe now. I'm okay with this moment to be in the stillness and know that I can take the next moment and be intentional with it. Absolutely. Like you were saying with the that the two sides of your nervous system, right? The sympathetic that is excitatory, that's your stress response, fight, flight, freeze, and the parasympathetic that's your rest and digest, your calm everything. We need both of them. It's not about going all the way and just living over here in the par like we need the sympathetic nervous system. They need to have a little dance. But when you live in that overwhelmed, overloaded, frantic place, you're in that sympathetic place and it's actually your your body, your day-to-day tasks are making you release the same chemical, norepinephrine, that you would release if you were in like a real dangerous situation and your child was trapped under a car and you needed that superhuman strength to lift the car and get the kid out. Like that is the intensity of the chemical concoction that's happening in your body when you live in that place. And if you look at it like that, like take all of the emotion off of it and just look at the nuts and bolts and facts of what's happening in your body in that place, if you don't take that minute, take those couple of breaths with long exhales that help to bring some calm to your system, you're literally living your day to day as though there is a real serious present danger, life and death danger. So how can you expect anything other than anxiety and franticness and overwhelm and overload and thoughts of I can't do this this is too much because your body chemistry is saying all of those things to you like the conversation your nervous system is having inside is all of those things and you can't think your way into changing that system because that system gets 80% of its messages from your body up like the way you change that system 
is if you're just listening to this and you're not seeing the video, that probably just sounded funny. Right, but so what is she smacking? <laughs> What's going on? What right. just happened? Um, but it starts in this literal flesh where your nerve endings are, where your muscles are that send those messages up. And if you don't take a second to go, oh, and let your shoulders drop and you know, let your arms kind of fall open and have a couple of those breaths, there's no other message in your nervous system other than stay stressed. So you have to start there to create the space for you to step into that T, that tribe, that belongingness moment. Because if you don't, no, who in that moment of child trapped in the car, I need to lift him out. Who goes, you know what I need to do first? I need to connect with people. Let me get go. a team together. Because if we're together, we can accomplish. It's not going to happen, right? right? This is a one man show. I got to do this. This is on my shoulders. I'm going to get this done right now. And that's what we're all doing. We're in that place, chemically, our nervous system's having that conversation, and then we live in that place where this, it's me and my silo and my responsibilities, and we block everything else out. So unless we can make that connection happen of, whew, I'm gonna take the breath, I'm gonna use my body to position and posture into a parasympathetic state. We're going to calm down a little bit from that the sky is falling chicken little place right. and live back in a place of actual peace between our ears. Then the door's open for that connectedness. Without it, that door is locked, bolted, padlocked, triple locked. The ring alarm is set and right. nobody's getting in. Nobody's getting in. And like she was talking about that silo experience of life internally. In order for you to affect change, you as teachers, those who are parents, your teachers as well, those are, are stay-at-home parents the same way. If you're stay-at-home parents and you have your kids stay at home in school, then you're working from home, you're teaching from home, you're a teacher as well. So the role of teacher surpasses more than just the profession itself. It's the function of what a teacher does. And all those who are in business, you're teachers as well because you're educating what? Your employees, your staff, you're getting them prepared for what? To execute, to perform at a higher level. You see their potential, you wanna bring the best out of them. So when we say teacher, it doesn't just mean the specific profession, right? And you're sitting in a classroom. You could be sitting in a boardroom as an executive at the C-suite level and still be performing the same kind of functions that a teacher would in a classroom. So this is far beyond just the role of a teacher that we're talking to, but the function of what a teacher does and the impact that you make not only your students, but the people you touch, but then the world that's going to change because of the people that you changed in it. And I think when you look at it from that standpoint, you are very valuable, you're very important. And when we talk about unlocking your neuro renegade, it's an opportunity to unlock your truest potential, not only in your profession, but as I say, stated earlier, when that teacher gave that beautiful poem, it may be that your profession is teaching, but who you truly are is a person who has the lifestyle and the function of caring about supporting and edifying and lifting up the next generation of humanity. You know, this is just the beginning, guys. This is just the beginning of us really diving in. You know, we talked about the first element of Terra and that Terra principle. We're going to move on to the next. But this is going to be a four-part series about how you connect. And the first place you connect is from within in order to be able to connect from without. Absolutely. I think that is really the, the take-home. The message to take from this is 
that if you don't give yourself the space to have that moment of connection internally, it's a literal impossibility to connect anywhere outside of yourself. Like we said, it's that nervous system. All of your senses are what allow you the opportunity to connect, to experience a life of interaction. And if that nervous system is shut off and says, nope, don't want anything to do with anybody, I'm just trying to survive over here, then you're nothing you do will ever matter. You will just be more exhausted and feel like you can't win because you're doing everything that everybody has told you needs to be done. Um, so it's not about stacking more on your plate. It's actually about kind of stepping back and taking that moment to shift the perspective and give yourself space to connect and check in, shift that nervous system, shift that chemistry out of the danger, danger zone and back into your body, back into your actual thoughts and emotions and the literal present time and space you live in. Get into that place for just a moment and not a long time. Minutes, right? A couple of minutes to start your day, have that check-in and I think you'll be amazed at the changes that begin to happen, the things you start to notice, the little subtle shifts that start like, oh, I actually had a good conversation with them. You know what? That coworker that I just haven't been able to talk, we actually had a nice little exchange in the lounge today. And if I was in my usual head down, get it done mode, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. And those little things really start to add up. Decimal change, little, little, little things. 0.0001% change over time creates really impactful transformations to the life experience. So inside first, get that your own nervous system into this place as we will go through Terra, but into this place of the Terra principle where you are feeling safe and open and able to connect and um, all of those other connections and your ability to provide that same experience for others unfolds from there. At the end of the day, you know, it's about unfolding your and unlocking your truest potential. That's what we want to do because our mission as human beings is to help out the next generation, right? If for no other purpose, but to be able to see that internal divine nature that you have inside yourself and what you've been born to do, what you've been called to do. And you as teachers, you as CEOs, you at whatever level, you've been called to impact and make change. That's why it's called a life-changing educator. So you don't wanna go just being that struggling teacher anymore. It's time to really be the vision, live it. You're a human being, not a human waiting, not a human <laughs> doing, you're a human being. And we want you to be that life-changing educator. And it starts with those simple principles of taking the time, taking the moment, Feel the stillness, calm the mind, calm the body, calm the breath, calm the soul, so you can truly be able to rejuvenate, revive, and be at the highest level that you can to impact change for others. Yeah. So we thank you and um, for, for, for not only being here and listening, um, but taking this journey with us. This is gonna be journey yeah. for, for, for all involved. We'll be learning along the way. We'll be giving, we'll also be receiving too. So, um, you know, when you have questions and things like that, when you wanna hit us up on our Instagram at neuro underscore renegade, or when, you, when, you, when you're listening to this podcast, share it with other people, unlock your neuro renegade and listen to it on your way to work 
and sharing it with friends. You know, this is about us changing what it means to have mental health and self-care in this country. And we want to go not only from this country, but to this world and making a change so you can be the best version of yourself.